It is wonderful to have the opportunity and the privilege to be back with our listeners today on Search the Scripture, to be able to open up God's Word and study together from all of those rich truths that He has communicated to us therein. What a blessing we have to be able to have such ready access to the Bible, to be able to read that Bible without any fear of persecution, and to be able to understand those teachings and make the proper applications to our lives. Truly, they have eternal consequence for our souls. It's my privilege to be able to do that today along with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. It's certainly a wonderful pleasure for me to be on this program with you today as well. And I want to welcome our listeners, and, and there's something I'd like to say as we begin our broadcast today. If you are listening to us on a regular basis, I really want to let you know that that's commendable because the reason you're doing that, I believe, is that you're serious about getting into God's Word and trying to learn the truth that He's recorded there for all of us. And I really hope that that's the reason you're listening to us on a regular basis. You want to get into that Word. You want to understand it. You want to be accurate in the way you handle that word. And really, that's what we're all about here on Search the Scriptures, trying to convey God's word in a simple fashion, in a way that's easy to understand, and in a way that's accurate and glorifying to God. We certainly do want to accomplish all of that. Those are lofty ideals and goals, but they should be the goals and ideals of everybody who strives to teach God's Word. They really should, Gary. We want to try to help the listeners get closer to God by understanding His Word better. Absolutely. And you know, ultimately, Dennis, there's no way to get close to God without knowing what His Word teaches. No other way. No way. Now, I know some people might say, well, where does that leave me? I, I can hardly read. Mm-hmm. Well, you still have to learn God's Word. Somebody can help you read. Somebody can read it to you. Somebody mm -hmm. can teach you. Mm -hmm. But you still have to know what those teachings are. Yes. Because, again, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Right. If you want to have saving faith, then you have to get into God's Word. Yes. In some shape, form, or fashion. Mm -hmm. As Dennis has said, there's no way around that. No, there isn't. Now, Dennis... We began in our last program to ask the question, do you know Christ? Do you know Christ? Or do you just know about Christ? World of difference between those two states. They certainly are. You know, Dennis, we need to come to a fundamental understanding that we have to have a relationship Mm -hmm. with Christ, a right relationship with Christ. And that's got to be personal. Now, there's no way that we can have that relationship with Christ without knowing about Him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, let me tell you, and, and I, would, I would suggest that there's probably the vast majority of people living in this world today who may know about Christ, mm -hmm. but they don't really know Him. Yes, and you're right, Gary, that personal relationship is of utmost importance because time and time again we read in the New Testament about Christian people being in 
Christ, or a phrase that's very much equivalent to that. Uh, it just happens so often and so frequently we cannot ignore it. And really, that's the basis upon which God is going to provide us with eternal life, is if we are in that relationship with Christ and we're doing our best to faithfully maintain it. And Dennis, I hope that this, this series of studies will stimulate all of us to really stop and contemplate, am I really in that relationship? Yes. Or am I just giving it lip service? Right. You read in our last program from Matthew chapter 15 and verse 9, or verses, uh, verses 8 and 9, I believe, mm-hmm. where it talks about where Jesus is actually saying, you know, that some people honor me with their mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Right. And that's where a whole lot of people are in terms of their relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. If they stop and talk about Christ, they, they get quiet. Mm-hmm. They get profound sounding. Mm-hmm. They, they use a different tone of voice and they sound respectful and they talk about how much they love the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I've got this good relationship with him. Yes. And you know, the thing we shouldn't miss, Gary, uh, going back to that 15th chapter of Matthew, is what Jesus said in the ninth verse. That first phrase was, after he said that they're, you know, they're honoring me with their mouth, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, he follows that up immediately by saying, and in vain... They worship me. In other words, you're wasting your time. Because their relationship is not really there. Exactly. And that's the point, see. The people, they'll get, they'll lower their their, their Mm -hmm. tone of voice. Mm -hmm. They'll get serious sounding. They'll sound worshipful and respectful. Mm -hmm. And they'll say the right words. But they don't really know Christ. No. They don't really have that relationship. Nope. They're deluding themselves into thinking they do and perhaps trying to pull the wool over other people's eyes around them, but Mm -hmm. they don't really have that relationship. Right. Because their lifestyle demonstrates they do not have that relationship. That's right. It's one thing to say the right words. It's something else to live the right life. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2 and verse 20 where he says, I'm crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God. Mm -hmm. He's saying, this isn't my life anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm living it. I make my choices, but I've committed it to Christ. And I'm living my life for my Lord. Yes. And in faith Mm -hmm. before him. And James spoke uh, to this point as well, Gary, I think fairly clearly in light of the things you've just mentioned. In James chapter 1, verse 22, he said, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Yes, self-deception. And how many people are deceiving themselves as to their relationship with Christ and with God? Yes. Now, notice that James connected obedience mm-hmm. to the word. 
Absolutely. Obedience to the teachings there. That's right. Now that's important, see? Yes, it is. A lot of people want to use the right words. They want to say the right things. They want to verbally affirm their faith in Christ and their love for their Lord and their, their respect for Him and their faithfulness, but their life does not demonstrate that. It That's demonstrates right. anything but that. Mm -hmm. They are not doers of the Word, as that's, James put it. That's correct. That's correct. Now, let's go back to John chapter 17, and we closed with this particular text in our last program. Let's read the first three verses again. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So Jesus connected eternal life at the beginning of verse 3 mm -hmm. with knowing God, not just knowing about him, mm -hmm. but knowing God mm -hmm. and knowing Jesus Christ. Exactly. Now that's the reason for this study. Yes, it is. People need to ask themselves, do I really know Christ or do I just know about Christ? Mm -hmm. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, the Apostle Paul speaks along this line. What does he say there? But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now notice that Paul says in verse 7, all things, what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Right. Now he's just, if you go back and read the, the, the context just previous to this, he's been talking about his pedigree basically. Yes, his heritage as a Jewish individual. Yes, I mean, he was of the right bloodline, mm -hmm. you know, the right nation or nationality. Mm -hmm. He, you know, had the, the law and so on. He, he really had excellent credentials from an outward perspective. Yes, he did. But he says, I've, all these things, I used to think these were important. I count them as lost now. Mm -hmm. And the reason is for Christ. Right. Now notice in verse 8 then, the next verse he says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Mm -hmm. This relationship that he had come into in Christ was more important to him than anything else that existed in his life. Yes, there's no question about that. 
he goes on and he, he, he enumerates here. He goes into quite a bit of detail talking about how he counted, he counts all things loss for the knowledge of Christ, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now notice that he also says, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, in other words, by his doing, his earning, but that which is through faith in Christ. Verse 10, he says that I may know him. Mm -hmm. Now there's our, our principle that we're studying in this series of studies, mm -hmm. that I may know him. And what is it to know him? He lays that out, doesn't he, in the rest of the verse and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Mm -hmm. And all of that being prerequisite to His attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Yes. In other words, in other words He says, I want to come back from the dead. Mm -hmm. Now, not to live in this world, right? but a resurrection unto eternal life. Mm -hmm. And He says, for that to be, I must know him. Mm -hmm. And yes. not just some superficial knowledge about him, but I need to know the power of his resurrection mm -hmm. and the fellowship of his sufferings and be conformed to his death. Yes. All of that is talking about a very deep relationship, as you have put it. Mm -hmm. It's not a superficial knowledge. It's not surface level stuff, is it? No. It goes way beyond that, mm -hmm. far deeper. Mm -hmm. So we've got to understand that. You know, Dennis, as I have taught and preached over the years, I keep trying to get across the point that nothing matters except getting to heaven. Right. I say that every once in a while, don't I? I've heard you say <laughs> that on more than one occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It is something I repeat repeatedly. Yes. Is that's what people need to understand. Well, we really do. You know, that should be the priority in our lives. Uh, you know, maybe it's very much akin to what Paul also said a little later in this third chapter of Philippians. Uh, he was talking about much of the same thing he spoke about in verses 7 and 8. Uh, that we read just a few moments ago. He said, beginning in verse 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and there again is that idea of the things he counted as loss, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I think Paul is definitely speaking about that heavenly home. Yes, and notice how he puts it. Mm -hmm. This one thing I do. He had a real singleness of purpose in this regard. And that's what we all ought to have. Now, we can, we can look and say, well, that was the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. He's writing to us. That's right. He's not writing these letters to himself. We all, and it's for our learning. We it all is. need to have that singleness of purpose. That's right. Nothing matters if we don't get to heaven. No. If we fail, and again, this is something I've heard you say on numerous occasions, 
If we fail to get to heaven, we have utterly failed. Our life is an utter failure. That's absolutely right. Now, the point is, we can't get to heaven without knowing Christ. Not at all. We've got to know Christ. That's what Paul said back there in verse 10, that I may know him. Right. And remember that Jesus connected knowing him and knowing God with eternal life back in John chapter 17 and verse 3. That's right. The eternal life isn't there if we don't know Christ, mm -hmm. not just know about him, but know him. Mm -hmm. have that relationship with him, right. a right relationship, and not one that we've just made up out of our heads mm -hmm. and that we can feel good about. Mm -hmm. Feel good religion is only good if you, it is based upon the right reason to feel good, mm -hmm. and that is that it's conformed to God's teachings. Yes. But there are a whole lot of people out there, again, who are deluding themselves with feel-good religion that is of their own devising mm -hmm. and that they, they've worked it out themselves. Mm -hmm. they, have, they have made it up themselves. They have developed it and assembled it to suit their own lifestyle that they don't want to stop living mm -hmm. so that they can feel good, that they can feel good in that lifestyle. And I'm afraid, Gary, that goes back to what we read in Matthew 15, verse 9, where Jesus said, your worship is vain. Yes. You're talking a good game, mm -hmm. but you're not living the life. Exactly. They've not become doers of the word, as per James 1, verse 22. Exactly right. Let's look at another text here, Ephesians chapter 4, and let's read verses 13 through 16. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This spiritual development is essential to faithfulness Absolutely as a Christian. essential, yes. And notice again, back in verse 13, as we got into the text, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Yes. To a perfect man. And then he talks about growing up in that faith. Mm -hmm. Developing. Yes. Not staying stagnant. Right. Not staying where you're at. Mm -hmm. Not being, you know, superficial, spiritual people, but growing up. No longer children no longer capable of being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine or the trickery of men, it, craftiness and deceitful plotting. But notice the emphasis in verse 15, 
but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Mm -hmm. We can't stay baby Christians. That's right. We've got to grow up spiritually. Yes. And that's going to require that relationship with Christ that comes, or at least should come, by truly knowing Him. Yes, that's right. You know, Gary, the Hebrews writer spoke about people who had done just the opposite of what you're speaking about here and what Paul was speaking about in Ephesians 4, verses 13 through 16, growing and maturing in Christ. He wrote to some people who hadn't done that, and it really didn't sound very good. He rebuked them, didn't he? He did. Uh, in, at the end of chapter 5, verse 14, he said, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And then he begins verse 6 by saying this, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. They hadn't grown up. They were still on the pablum. Exactly. And he said, you got to get to the meat. Yes, that's exactly what he was saying. You've got to, as you said, you've got to grow up. Mm-hmm. That's where all of us need to, to be. We need That's to grow right. up. Yes, we do. We leave our listeners again with this question, and it is so basic and so profound. Do you know Christ? Do you really know him? Or do you just know about him? Once again, we'd love to send you that free Bible study to help you learn the answer. <laughs> 